0: Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where we ask the question, what good is having a twin sister if she won't lie for you, cheat for you, take responsibility for all your worst dating choices, and then verbally abuse anyone who suggests you're taking advantage of her?
1: (laughs) Book number five, All Night Long is Jessica as grown up as she thinks she
0: is Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Marissa Flaxpart. I have two guests, not one, but two guests with me. My dear friends, uh Jessica Reese and Brian Reese. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Jess, we'll call you. But I have to say Jessica because you are the first Jessica that I've ever had on the podcast. And I'm not going to hold that against you. Thank you. <laughs> but also, I never have before, and I won't start now. I don't have any other Jessica scheduled for the show, and nor any Elizabeth, so you might hold this title for quite some time.
2: And this Jessica is far less verbally abusive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, although in the teaser I was thinking of Elizabeth being verbally abusive to anybody who suggests that Jessica is not an ideal... Uh, perfect girl even though elizabeth is hating jessica for most of this book but what book is it that we're talking about
2: all night long
0: all night long the fabulously titled number five book in the sweet valley high series that has one of the more i don't know if i want to say intriguing upsetting covers of of any of these books um you guys want to should we talk about what the cover looks like
2: yeah. So uh, first of all, we have uh, Jessica, who looks like sort of a half-assed Kate Mulgrew, um, <laughs> together with who I assume is Scott. With- Scott
0: Daniels. Yes. So the man in question here is Scott Daniels, and there's only one way to describe his
2: face. He's got a Megan's List mustache.
0: Oh, that was not the way I was thinking. I was going to say porn stash. But Megan's Lissa mustache has a lot more poetry to
2: it, and I really appreciate that. I
1: feel like it goes along with the, the theme of the book. Oh, definitely.
2: He, he looks like the kind of guy who drinks Keystone Light mm-hmm. every day.
1: And he's got these, like, seedy blue penetrating eyes. He and also like, seems
0: like his t-shirt sleeves should be rolled up a little bit, but they're not. He's wearing a beige t-shirt.
1: Like, I feel like he's checking me out. Oh yeah, he's so he's got
0: Jessica in his arms. Jessica's wearing a very skimpy halter top bikini, but you can't see much. You can't see that it's a bikini. We just know that it is because it's described in the text as a chamois bikini that's very skimpy and sexy. She's trying to be mature, Mm -hmm. but even though um, he's holding her in his arms, he definitely is checking the looker out. Whoever is looking at the cover of the book is being leered at by Scott Daniels.
2: We should also. Keep in mind that Jessica's look is one that she practices in the mirror regularly.
0: The gaze that the she's giving, the
2: seductive smirk,
0: unquestionably. So, um, I want to get into the book, but before we do, I always am curious if my guests have ever had heard of the Sweet Valley High series before I engaged with you about doing the show.
2: Never. Never heard of the series, Brian, Never heard of it. And didn't know there was a board game based on the series either.
0: That's true. There is a Sweet Valley High board game. My microphone may or may not be resting on top of it as we speak. In this board game, um, your main goal as a, as a young woman is to hunt down your boyfriend. So take from that what you will.
1: I feel like I remember the... The younger version of Sweet Valley High? Sure.
0: There are two, in fact. There's Sweet Valley Kids and Sweet Valley Twins, which is, like, kids is really young. Twins is, like, middle school.
1: So I I read those. I may have read one or two of the Sweet Valley Twins novels.
0: Those were more books that were being published when we were that age.
1: Yeah, but I was I was much more of a Babysitter's Club series reader. Um, and then as I got older, my um, my parents actually got me hooked on, like, the Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys books, which were even, like, before the Sweet Valley. Sure. So, I was like, I read after Sweet Valley and before Sweet Valley, but never read those 80s novels. Yes,
2: yes. And I was probably reading the Hardy Boy books and Encyclopedia Brown.
0: Encyclopedia Brown, excellent. So, we got into the cover, but there is um, one thing about this cover and about the very salacious title – is that it's kind of um, selling you a bill of goods. Not much of this book is taken up by the events that are depicted, such as they are, or the characters depicted on the cover.
2: It's basically chapters two and three.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say that this particular book has two sections. There's the Scott Daniels section and the post-Scott Daniels section. Um, And they're both interesting in their own way, um, but... Before we, like, get into the Scott Daniels thing, if anybody's been listening through to the show, just a couple of books ago in book three, um, I told my guest, Caitlin, that book three was one of the more, um, salacious books, like, had, was more explicit than almost any book in the series. So imagine my surprise when just two books later, I'm reading through certain parts of chapters two and three, and my eyes are just widening by the, very clear um, depiction, and by very clear, I mean totally subtextual. Like the word again, word sex never mentioned. That's right. Um, when the word sex finally does come up, should it ever come up in this series? Like, I'll have to have like a special sound effect or something. But it's alluded to, and a, a lot of things are very, very strongly alluded to in chapters two and three of this book.
2: The text is very romance novelly. There's a lot of hot, open mouth kissing.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, so, let I me mean, let's talk about that. Uh, so the book starts and we're introduced to twins, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield. Initial impressions of the Wakefield twins?
2: <laughs>
0: just, just silence. Just <laughs> silence because they're stunning. They are. They're stunning.
2: Jessica comes off as very materialistic, whereas Elizabeth comes off as very studious and caring and concerned. Sure.
0: And basically what's happening in this first scene is that Elizabeth is trying to talk Jessica out of uh, this date that she's going to go on. It's going to be a party somewhere near the ocean with some older kids and her parents, The Wakefield's parents, have already forbidden them from hanging out with these people um, who are older kids. They're like college age kids. And it was set up at the end of book four that Jessica, at the very, very end that Jessica was going to, Oh, like cottage Cove or something. That's not what it was, but that she's going to hang out at some place where uh, only older kids hang out. And she's in love with this guy named Scott Daniel. So it's like set up that she's got this new thing where she's hanging out with an older crowd. Elizabeth doesn't want to lie to their parents about where Jessica's going, even if she's asked. And Jessica is indignant about this. Like, if you really loved me, if you if you cared about me at all, you would be helping me out here. Um, that's how she sees it. Like Elizabeth's just trying to stick it to her. So Jessica leaves. She goes to this thing at the beach, leaving Elizabeth kind of fuming about what uh, Jessica, the position that Jessica's putting her in
2: through Elizabeth's thoughts we hear about uh Elizabeth's friends and their thoughts on how Jessica treats Elizabeth and we know that Elizabeth's friends are not big fans of Jessica and the way that she takes advantage of Elizabeth uh but we also get Elizabeth's a, a little bit of that uh Elizabeth's sort of anger at anyone who would go after jessica for taking advantage of elizabeth
0: right right especially elizabeth's best friend enid is like kind of the only person that elizabeth really openly talks to about the stuff that jessica's uh doing that drives elizabeth crazy um the other person that she could talk to about it is her boyfriend todd But actually, throughout much of the series, Elizabeth is reluctant to even tell Todd about Jessica's misbehavior, because it's like, he's gonna say, I told you so. It's like, he she knows that Todd doesn't like Jessica. And the book even alludes to some of the things in the earlier books, including the very first book that Jessica has done to Todd that that are bad. And she doesn't want to give Todd any material to work with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, she's already such a sore spot in their relationship.
0: Yeah. That Elizabeth's not even going to bring it up. Not even going to tell him about the bad stuff that Jessica does. Cause she's giving him, you know, ammunition uh, for his, which is very easy to come by when it comes to Jessica. But then we switch over, you know, leave Elizabeth alone and switch over to the saga of Jessica and Scott Daniels. And, in episode four, I did a lot of reading from the book, and this was another one where, especially for these two chapters, I was taking pictures of every page. I was like, I cannot believe what is happening. And I've <laughs> read this book before, but all I was shocked all over again. <laughs> um, so let's see what I can come up with.
2: Well, Culminating in the attempted rape.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I keep on confusing the phrases spoiler alert and trigger warning, Which, (laughs) it says a lot about me as a person, I guess. (laughs) However you look at it, there is some sort of, like, attempted date rape that happens. uh, Not even sort of, like, uh, for real. Um, But first of all, let's kind of set the scene. So, Jessica's laying on the beach, uh, and she's with a bunch of of college kids. We've also been told that Scott Daniels has said that he is 18, but Elizabeth doesn't believe it. um, Doesn't think that he really is 18. She thinks he shaved a couple years off of that. Mm -hmm. and looking at the cover i mean he could be 35 (laughs) (laughs) i don't know too many 18 year olds that can grow a mustache like that but who knows um so we're introduced to these teen girls um through something that's already giving you a glimpse at like what at what speed the college age girls are going on um jessica's overhearing some other girls at this party uh talk to each other on the beach and the one girl is saying you should have seen the look on my dorm mother's face when she caught bobby sneaking out of my room the other morning she actually asked him what he was doing there as if it wasn't as plain as the nose on her face <laughs> so jessica's hearing this and she's like i need to seem cool and old like what am i gonna do and so she starts kind of playing this game of well i'm gonna sound sophisticated and
2: some of the uh Before that, in the first chapter, some of the discussion is about how Jessica with previous boyfriends knows how to take advantage of them and sort of be a tease, but be in control of the situation. And so she's figuring trying to figure out here how she can sort of keep Scott on the edge of a string, even though he's older and knows a bit more about the world than her previous boyfriends, so she's not sure how she can quite pull this off.
0: Yeah, and just to make it clear, for anybody who thinks that I have, like, been too hard on Jessica when I describe her uh, penchant for wrapping men around their fingers, it, this is not just something that, like, an outside observer sees Jessica do. When we get a glimpse into Jessica's inner monologue, this is literally what she's thinking. Not just I like to have the upper hand in a relationship, but I want to wrap men around my fingers scott i don't know if he's going to be bossed around so easily um she thinks but she's trying to seem older and she says at one at one point scott says like oh um i think jessica can handle herself and jessica says sure i can handle myself she teased flicking one long ruby frosted fingernail against his cheek but i'd rather have you do it And then he, like, jumps on her, like, kisses her in front of everybody and, like, knocks her over. And she's just like, ha, 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 you know, because your muscles are so strong. Like, I get it. You know, she's like, he's picking up what I'm putting down. Now they know that I'm not a little girl. Then just a couple pages later, she overhears some of his buddies saying something like, oh, Scott sure likes him young, like, jailbait. And then they say the grossest thing. They say, got to watch out for them when they're that age. All tease and no tickle. (laughs) (laughs) which really makes me
1: kind of sick to my stomach oh you know yeah but i was just thinking that like that's definitely who jessica sees herself as at this point in her life right like she wants to be that tease without necessarily like putting out yeah well and
0: it's something that is so hard to talk about on this show because here in 2018 especially in light of all of the things going on with sexual harassment issues in our world right now and people coming out, the idea of accusing a woman of being a tease feels very icky. Like, it feels like dangerous waters to go into. But here we have the one of the protagonists of our series who, I mean, she doesn't really like that label, but she's being described as actively engaging in that kind of behavior, right?
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about earlier in the book how it sounds like Enid was at one of these couch beach parties. Yes. Or, or Her d- sister,
0: Enid's cousin, I think, went to one of these college parties before where there were mattresses on the floor instead of chairs. Like, Jessica, kind of, Jessica has been warned of what she's getting into. And she thinks, you know, well, I can handle myself.
1: Exactly. So I, I, I would never want to say that she's kind of deserving of that title of tease, but yet... She knew the situation that she was walking into. Like, she had, a, I feel like, a pretty detailed warning. Well, and this soon, this whole thought process,
0: this whole conversation soon gets even more complicated because Jessica then. Bates Scott into kind of chasing her and he's like okay well let's you want to be alone like let's go off alone i know a great place and he takes her walks through this circuitous route through the woods up to some like beach house cabin that he knows is abandoned and then it gets scary
1: right yeah yeah i was i was definitely nervous reading through this chapter for Jessica's well-being yeah
0: Um, did you have anything that you pulled out that you wanted to point to?
2: And this is the trigger warning part of it? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this is the trigger warning part of it.
1: I mean, I, I'm, I'm reading through this whole, like, salacious section in the beach house, and she never says no. Like, she never outright says no.
0: Right. So Scott takes her into the house And he starts kissing her really forcefully.
2: Starts untying her bikini top.
0: Untying her bikini top. Well, I have a a section here that um, really creeped me out. So um, he descended upon her like an invading army, tugging insistently at her bikini straps while he devoured her neck. Sounds like cannibalism to me. So already, you know, that's a different kind of trigger warning, I guess. The muscles she'd admired on the beach felt knotted and menacing now as she lay pinned beneath his bulk, his mouth pressed against hers, hot and openly demanding. Jessica shuddered. And then in italics it says, no, not this way, she thought. Which, and I could go on, but that was such an interesting look inside of her head. Again, if we're talking about the subtext of the sex and that these books are alluding to but not openly saying no not this way like what what could that possibly mean other than this is not how i want to lose my virginity i mean that's how i read it or this is not how i want to have sex with you for the first time you know
2: Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i don't
0: think that we are to believe as much as it's fun on the show to speculate about the subtext that suggests that people are having sex i think in this book that we're we're not meant to believe that jessica has had sex before okay i i think i don't know did you guys get the sense what sense did you guys get
2: it seemed the way that uh, she that her own inner monologue focuses on she wants to control the guys but not necessarily give in to them, that this was meant to be read as, no, this isn't how she wanted to lose her virginity.
0: Okay, good. So it wasn't just me, even this, this being the only book that you read, and... I kind of almost want to apologize. <laughs> this is like one of the first things that happens on the first book you guys ever see of this series. But you get a sense of why I am so fascinated by them. Oh, that sounds weird too. <laughs> <laughs> but just the craziness of it. Not the uh tawdryness of it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> before I dig myself into a deeper hole. Uh Then. I guess with-
1: she
2: does. <sighs> Some of the other... Uh, action that was sort of a bit off-putting to Jessica before she goes off with Todd here is... Scott. Scott. Todd is Elizabeth's boyfriend. He would never behave like this. (laughs) Never,
0: never, never. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good boy.
2: Freudian slip. (laughs) Uh, Is when the drug use starts.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. that. There's a joint. There's two.
2: There are two joints that are being passed around. Oh and, and. Okay. So, so Scott takes a, a few hits. Um and there's also beer drinking that doesn't shock Jessica as much, but when the joint comes out is when she really wants to start walking away from the group. Yeah. To just pretend she doesn't want to be obvious about not being interested. She wants to act like she's being distracted by something else.
0: Sure. That's actually something I think is easy to relate to. Um, where you want to be hanging out with people that are doing things that maybe you don't want to do, but you don't want to be sucked into doing them either. That seems like what's happening here. She doesn't want to smoke the joint, but she also doesn't want to seem like she's a prude. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually also a scene that I was sort of alarmed by that is when Jessica is thinking about her attraction to Scott and how she's a little bit scared of him. And one of the things that excites her about him is this memory of them driving somewhere where he's drinking a beer. He's, like, drinking a cold beer. He has it between his legs while he's driving, and then he touches her with his cold hand, and it gives her a thrill. What?
2: That was that was weird.
0: And I'm just like, there's no problem with the fact that he's, she's not concerned that he's drinking and driving at the same time?
2: It's Keystone Light. It's like 1%.
0: <laughs> As we've established, Keystone Light. Jessica, didn't you learn anything from the Rick Andover experience, this is what I want to say. Book one, she has a bad experience with a guy who drinks and drives, so you'd think she'd know better, but she never learns her lesson. And if she did, there would be no series. I...
1: I- <laughs> I guess I'm not quite sure. I mean, this book was published in, what, in 1984? Okay. Um, I'm not quite aware what the laws were at that point in time, but I'm assuming that you weren't permitted to drink and drive. Like,
0: This is where we need a producer to, like, check things out. But right. it's just me. I guess I could Google it. <laughs> hey, Siri, <laughs> when were drinking and driving laws established? She's not listening to me. Um,
1: That's
0: that's a shame. Hey, Siri, when were drinking and driving laws established in the U.S.?
1: Here's what I found on the web for when were drinking and driving laws of tablet in the U.S. She thought I said of tablet. And this is why producers still have jobs. Yeah. she thought Siri will not take them. We got nothing. Okay. I mean, I, I do remember, like, a big public health campaign in the early 90s because I was very concerned that... My parents were drinking soda in the car. Oh, really? And being very concerned because, you know, the the people on the radio said that that wasn't allowed.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Drinking and driving? Oh, because they were drinking and driving.
1: (laughs) Oh, But also, you know, a cop
0: sees you drinking from a can, maybe they think you're drinking beer. Exactly. Especially if you're swerving all over the road. Yeah. Which is totally legal if you're not drunk, right? (laughs) Um, but, so, okay, we are so, so, there's so much that happens in chapters two and three that it's easy to get stuck into them. Mm -hmm. But basically, Jessica starts standing up to Scott, starts to tell him, don't do this. And he's kind of like, what did you think was going to happen tonight? And she's like, you have to take me home. And he's like, we're not going home. This is an all-night party. And she's like, you have to take me home. And he, he keeps on basically coolly arguing that, There, she should understand why they're going to have sex right now. Like, like no, you knew what you were doing. It's very weird. It doesn't. Doesn't it? It seems almost dispassionate. He's just like, nope. This is what's happening. Like he's
2: trying to. But at some point, he just gives up. Yeah, at some
0: point, he's just like peace.
2: So his his way of getting back at her for refusing to have sex with him is he's going to leave her in this spot out by the lake. She doesn't know where she is, and the sun has gone down. And so she has to make her way in the dark to the cabin where everyone's staying.
0: Yeah, so she walks. She's got no shoes on over, like, sticks and through trees along the beach. Eventually, she finds her way back to the site. And she's then now she's so mad, she has to face him again and basically say, take me home. And he says, there's only one way you're getting a ride home tonight. He doesn't say what that way is, but I think it's strongly implied.
2: He's also very drunk at this point and passes out very quickly.
0: Oh, yeah. The book describes the, like, silly putty effect uh, of his facial expressions of drinking. Um, anyway, if, you can, if the listeners can find this book and you want to be scandalized by a Sweet Valley High novel, read chapters two and three of the Sweet Valley High novel all I- night long.
2: I like when after he passes out he has this sock that's half hanging off of his foot and so Jessica takes the sock the rest of the way off and stuffs it in his mouth and it doesn't even wake him up.
0: <laughs> uh, why is he wearing socks on the beach? That's like a a drink a drink we should make up. Socks so- on the socks beach. beach.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like it's quite cold at this point in time. and oh, I'm
0: Fair enough. We know it gets cold in California at night, especially yeah. by the ocean. Exactly. So um, Jessica thinks about stealing his car for a second, but ultimately, you know, she finds her... She's trying to find a phone just so she can report back. She knows everybody's going to be worried about her. Her parents are going to be worried. She was never planning on staying on all night. And... Even that, he's like, the nearest phone is 10 miles up the road. And so the next thing we know, it's the morning, and Jessica is calling home. Elizabeth has woken up at home.
1: Oh, they? I, I skipping ahead? I, well, there's this really interesting point here that this party on the beach happens on a Sunday, and the next day is a school day. Yeah, I thought that was really
0: weird, too. When she was going to the party, like why were why would they have this party on a Sunday?
1: Yeah, and so don't they have school?
0: Aren't they supposed to be in college? I don't think they're just college age kids. I think they are in. Co- I don't think you are a college age kid if you're not in college. You know, you're just older.
1: Maybe these were just like the high school flunkies who didn't make it to college, and they're having this party. I mean, they that was-
2: sign up for Monday classes at Sweet Valley College. <laughs>
1: Oh, good point. But we know
0: that those girls have a dorm matron, and, like, Bobby was sneaking out of her dorm room, so. The walk of shame. The walk of shame. We know what he was doing there. I don't know why she even asked him.
1: So this feels like a crazier walk of shame, because she has to also get to school that next morning. Yeah, and and it was like
0: a ten miles walk of shame to the nearest phone, and then who knows what happened from there. And we actually don't find out. Like, jumping ahead a little bit, we don't find out how Jessica got home from the beach, ever.
2: The last thing we hear is that she went to sleep. And other than her phone call to Elizabeth the next morning, we don't see her again until she finally makes it to the school.
0: Well, this is another way that this book is kind of a misnomer in All Night Long, because we don't really find out what... it It would have been kind of interesting for the book to follow Jessica how she got out of this it would have been a different kind of book and not very much like this series but but instead the rest of the book ends up being about elizabeth and jessica and the way that they are at odds because elizabeth is having to tell an elaborate lie on jessica's behalf so i guess we can transition into that part of the book So the scene that happens when we get back to the Wakefield's house in the morning, Jessica calls Elizabeth and says, cover for me. Elizabeth is pissed off, but also kind of relieved that Jessica's okay. And the scene that unfolds is one of the more fun scenes in the book, I think.
2: So Elizabeth goes downstairs for a large pancake breakfast.
0: Keep in mind, you guys, that just one book ago, Elizabeth was, and Jessica were both, like, food-shaming poor Robin Wilson. In this book, they eat so much food. It is described in detail how much food Elizabeth eats at certain meals. I was, just, since I just, just read book four, I was livid hearing this description. But anyway, she eats her favorite breakfast, pancakes.
2: Her mom makes her a big pancake breakfast. And her mom's asking where Jessica is. And Elizabeth is saying, oh, she's still upstairs. She has to sew on a button that fell off.
1: The lies begin.
0: The lies begin. Now, Elizabeth, before, if this doesn't sound like a very Elizabeth thing to do, it's not. She's upset that she has to do it. But what she does is a clever trick she's been doing since she was a girl. She tries to imagine that she's Jessica and thinks what Jessica would do in this situation. Imagine, where? how, how did she ever come up with that idea? But um this is the plan she comes up with. And the book is kind of has some fun with the reader, too, because it doesn't spell out what she's going to do until she does it. She says, she's scarfs things down. Mom's like, where's Jessica? And Elizabeth's like, oh, damn it. You know, she's she doesn't say damn it to her mom. But like, although <laughs> Jessica in a previous chapter has said damn a lot of times. Damn, Scott. Damn, Elizabeth. Damn, everybody. Because Jessica's made it Elizabeth's fault uh, that she got into this mess with Scott. Elizabeth didn't work hard enough to talk her out of it. Anyway. Jumping uh, back again to the story we're talking about, because we're done with Scott Daniels. Thank the good Lord. Elizabeth uh, says she's got to go. She can't wait for Jessica. And then and she...
2: She's she's actually sort of missing out on the enjoyment of her favorite breakfast, because she's feeling sick to her stomach about Jessica being gone and having to lie for Jessica to cover up for her. Yeah. And so her, her stomach's feeling bad, but she has to... Wolf down all these pancakes.
0: Or mom will be suspicious. Then she sneaks around the house. She sneaks upstairs, changes into a Jessica outfit, a Jessica hairdo. She had to pick a skirt that had buttons because otherwise the lie wouldn't have worked. And she comes down as Jessica. Very interesting to see how Alice treats Jessica as opposed to Elizabeth. Even mom's treatment of Jessica shows a difference between the two characters. Mom is not as nice. Little
1: condescending.
0: Yeah. And, um, but also Elizabeth knows that if she doesn't eat all of the pancakes, also Jessica's favorite breakfast, that, uh, her Her mom mom will will
2: suspect. So
0: she she's like, stomach, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to you. And then she will stone all of Jessica's pancakes. As if Jessica couldn't say, oh, mom, I'm not feeling well today. I just can't. But apparently not. And then she goes to school and everybody thinks she's Jessica at first.
2: Well, this, this is an interesting, uh there's a split right because all of jessica's people thinks that she's jessica but elizabeth's people knows that she is elizabeth
0: they know that she's so. elizabeth but they all each have a reaction at first like elizabeth calls elizabeth dresses as jessica calls out to enid like hey enid wait up and enid like looks over her shoulder and doesn't stop bitch no <laughs> <laughs> and then the same kind of the same thing happens with todd and and Todd like,
2: looks confused but says, Liz?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Kara later on thinks that she's Jessica. And Elizabeth decides to make up a... Kara's like, you've got to tell me what happened with Scott Daniels. And Elizabeth makes up a whole story about what happened. She doesn't do this to cover for Jessica. She does this like to mess with Jessica, kind of. Like She thinks it'll be
2: fun. She knows the story will get all around school because she's telling this to Kara. Yeah, and
0: Kara's a gossip.
2: And so she tells a story where they're out on a boat and... Jessica just completely tells Scott off.
1: Yeah. Little does... Pushes him off the boat.
2: Pushes him into the water.
0: Yeah. And Elizabeth doesn't know at this point that Jessica had a terrible time with Scott. So she probably thinks that she's, you know, daydreaming that this went so badly. But when in in reality, she's not that far off uh, in terms of Jessica's feelings towards Scott. But there's something we have not mentioned, which is that there is an important test that for some reason is happening at the school, even though it seems to have nothing to do with school. Uh, that both of the twins want to take for a summer job where they're going to be tours. They're going to give tours around Sweet Valley. And they both have to pass this tourism guide test in order to be able to do the job. Elizabeth, of course, has studied a lot for it. Jessica, not so much. But Jessica has promised Elizabeth on the phone that she's going to make it to school in time to take this test.
2: And they have to both do it together or the summer will be ruined.
0: Yes, ruined. And Elizabeth, um, when she's talking to Enid about it, is like, just everybody keeps telling Liz... Just don't do it. Like, just don't save her. Like, let her deal with her own problems. And Liz is saying, yeah, but if she doesn't get to do it this summer, then that won't be fun for me either. And I'm like, damn you, Elizabeth. You're so right. And I hate it. But this is just me relating to Elizabeth. I was more like, damn it, Marissa, why do you do
1: things like this? (laughs) Why do you do nice things for terrible people?
2: (laughs) So... Elizabeth takes her, her test during the second period, takes her tour tour guide test.
0: Keep in mind that Elizabeth is dressed as in this dress scout that all day long.
2: Passes it with flying colors, she knows she passed it. And then she gets out of the test and starts talking to Kara at that point. Yeah. Also,
0: Todd comes up while she's talking to Kara and Elizabeth like makes a signal to him, like, let's play a joke. So that Todd comes up and, like, also pretends that she's Jessica, but, like, he's flirting with her anyway. And then when Carol... Just to
2: create another story for Carol to tell to everyone. (laughs)
0: Which seems like a bizarre rumor for Elizabeth and Todd to want to perpetuate, but whatever. (laughs) Who knows? They didn't think it through. And so then Elizabeth has decided that she's going to go ahead and take the test for Jessica. She was not planning on doing this, but Jessica hasn't shown up. And Todd is like, Elizabeth, no, that's not what you're thinking. Um, and she's like oh well you know it's important I want her to pass and it's not really like cheating because Jessica would have passed anyway and Todd's like do you fucking hear yourself right now and he
2: doesn't say fucking
0: no he doesn't say (laughs) any of those words but that's his tone and Elizabeth freaks out on him do we have we should find that part actually
1: yeah it's I'm sure I didn't mark it. 65. Um, oh, yeah, here. Go ahead. Yeah, so Elizabeth just, you know, screams at Todd. I know what you were trying to do. She cried, shaking his hand off. You were trying to turn me against my own sister. I never thought that you'd stoop so low, Todd Wilkins.
0: And he's like, I guess we're going to the surfing thing at the beach this Weekend, and she's
1: like, I'd rather go to the beach with Jaws or something like that. I'd rather be swimming with Jaws. Well, and then Todd calls her an idiot. Todd does call her an idiot. Things escalate really quickly over this situation that seems like, to me, like it's not a huge deal, kind of like this kind of seems like it's common practice in Elizabeth and Jessica's twindom. Yeah. In fairness to Todd, I do
0: think that Elizabeth is being an idiot, but it's also was a, a really bad idea for him to say that to her. Yeah. They so they had this fight, um, over over Jessica letting Elizabeth I'm oh, sorry. Over Elizabeth letting Jessica walk all over her. And there's actually a moment earlier in the book, um, pretty early on, that um I had to I took a snapshot of it and sent it to my roommates because in the very first episode we were talking so much about Elizabeth being a doormat and in this book she says that she should get welcome tattooed across her chest and I was like, look, she finally realizes what a doormat she is and they both saw this and were like, that's kind of dirty <laughs> because and I it took me a second, but yeah you know, having welcome tattooed across your chest certainly does imply something that I don't think Elizabeth was trying to imply with yeah. that comment which was made only to herself in her own head Or possibly to her reflection in the mirror. Because that's the kind of thing that would happen in this book.
2: So as a result of this fight with Todd... They basically break up. And Elizabeth is devastated. And she has to go in and take this test for Jessica. But she's crying the whole time. Her tears are smudging up the page as she's writing. She can't remember any of the answers. Because she's so distracted about this fight. Yeah. And... She hands in the test, and she thinks she may have failed it. And the teacher tries calling after her, but she ignores it and walks off, crying.
0: Yeah, and then she tells Enid about it in the bathroom, and Enid is kind of repeating what Todd says, but she's like, I mean, I don't want to get in trouble with you, so I'm not going to say what I really think about Jessica. And uh, Dana Roberts comes in wearing a funky outfit. That's She's the lead singer of the droids, the... um. Sweet Valley High's contribution to the rock scene, I believe, is the way it's described of the band. That's right. she's like, men are scum. You're better off without him. I don't know what happened to to Dana.
2: She had gotten into a fight with her saxophone player after they were together romantically. That's
0: right. I do
1: know what happened. I forgot she explained. Uh, That's what happened. She says they can lift us up to the clouds one minute, then plunge us into the pits the next. I know. I was hung up on this saxophonist once.
0: And then she says he spent more time playing around with other girls than he did playing and with his saxophone. saxophone. <laughs> Which sounds like a euphemism if I ever heard one, but then she probably wouldn't be mad about that, I guess. I don't no. know. <laughs> you need to spend more time playing with your saxophone, buddy. <laughs> okay so the rest of this book unfolds in a kind of a cascade of elizabeth being mad jessica shows up and there i was waiting i don't know about you guys but i was waiting for this big confrontational moment where elizabeth is like jessica you have to understand what i did for you and jessica's like elizabeth you have to understand what i went through and it just doesn't come jessica just hugs elizabeth really tight and Elizabeth is like, oh, how can I stay mad at her? And I was like, what? What? That's it. You guys remember that you moment? Have
2: to, you have to wonder what Elizabeth is getting out of all this because it doesn't seem like anything. It's her actions just don't make sense.
0: She should. She should. Like, it kind of explode on Jessica, even on, even irrationally, like. Do you have any idea what this lie forced me to do and how much pain it caused me today? Yeah,
1: like, I just broke up with my boyfriend because of you. Like, we don't get any of that. As far as I can tell,
0: Elizabeth never even tells Jessica that she and Todd had this fight. Like, Jessica has no idea. All Jessica knows is that a couple days later, the results come out for the test, and Elizabeth has passed her own test but failed Jessica's test.
2: And Jessica knows that Elizabeth did this on purpose, to get back at Jessica.
0: Yeah, that's what she says. She said, and because also Elizabeth is jealous of Scott, who Jessica doesn't even like anymore. So I don't know. It's very galling in this moment. You really just want to reach into the book and just like shake them both. Mm hmm is. elizabeth doesn't have a date to the surf competition she and todd are broken up she is she's lost her self-respect because she's done this lying that she didn't mean to do um but then just when things seem terrible for elizabeth uh most terrible and she's like crying on the football field bleachers staring onto space um todd comes back and says that he's sorry. No, this is actually days later.
1: Wait, oh, he no, he does not say he's sorry. He
2: says he says he's not apologizing and he doesn't necessarily want her to apologize either. That's true. They just need to move That's past. That's right. It.
1: He calls a truce. He calls Which a truce. I think is a really douchebaggy thing of him to do. But then he
2: tries apologizing and she says no apologies, remember?
0: And I should say that this is days later and they have not been calling each other and they have been seeing each other in the parking lot and kind of like sometimes looking at each other and sometimes not. And Enid is telling Liz, look, you're really broken up. You feel really bad. Just if he's not calling you, just call him. And Elizabeth says, I know what he's going to say. He's never going to want to talk to me again. So she thinks that she was so terrible to him that he's not going to take her phone call. It's so stupid. (laughs) but this is high school i guess so maybe it's very realistic um
1: yeah i mean i wish they would have talked through the whole elizabeth and jessica thing like i wish todd and elizabeth would have talked about that because i feel like it's something that's going to perpetually invade their relationship and so all they do is call truce
0: like well and elizabeth and jessica also never talk through anything in this book Never. Like, they never have a moment where Elizabeth's like, I can't keep doing this for you. And Jessica's like, I know, Lizzie, I know. That doesn't happen.
2: This is, and and with Jessica, the whole thing's like an episode of Family Guy, where you get to the end and Peter's like, well, I didn't learn anything from this. <laughs> Jessica does not learn any lesson from anything that happens no. in the entire book.
0: And we don't really know what happened. And um, every, the the only thing that happens is that Jessica gets Poison Oak. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like her comeuppance and elizabeth thinks to herself secretly i think she deserves it like yeah she I'm, definitely, she deserves, definitely
1: it. deserves it
0: and she didn't deserve what scott did to her but she deserves poison oak
1: for sneaking out of the house she deserves poison oak and like her
0: litany of lies and why did she agree to go on a hike without shoes on like come on Put on some pants. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who you're trying to impress on your date. If you're going to go walk through the woods, don't do it in a red chamois bikini. Chamois. Chamois.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's French. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is there anything we missed in the plot?
2: Yeah, the, the surf, surf competition. competition. We didn't
0: talk about the surf competition, which actually, I think, can bring us to a section of our podcast where we talk about boys.
2: Uh, uh, uh boys a beautiful boys I'm in danger of losing my
0: hand There are two boys that are in this book that are surfers. One of them is named Bill Chase, and the other
2: is, is- Fabio.
0: <laughs> the other is named <laughs> Fabio. Um, did you guys know I had an Italian teacher in college named Fabio Ferrari?
1: That's really fun. That is a true story. That's Fabio, if you're
0: listening, hello, me. and uh, grazie mille for teaching me Italian. Um, but, and also uh, giving a cool story that my dad makes me tell, where I was talking about how my grandfather married my mom's uh, godmother, and he said, cool grandpa. <laughs> anyway.
2: Anyway, <laughs> Fabio's name is Sonny Callahan.
0: Sonny Callahan is his real name, Yeah. And so Bill chase is like a star surfer, and he's like Pretty from Sweet introverted.
2: High.
0: yeah, quiet, quiet
2: guy,
1: Sonny Callahan. does he go to school somewhere else? They don't talk about Sonny a whole lot, and it seems like Bill is like the the favorite, yeah, the favorite Bill is like a star surfer, yeah,
0: um, and there's this big surf championship that they're both going to uh be surfing at. And, um, John Pfeiffer, who writes for the school newspaper, The Oracle, was going to cover it. But then Bruce Patman's dad, who like pays money for the sports program, was like. And
2: he's the head of the school board. Head of the school
0: board now. Oh, I didn't, I forgot that. So Bruce Patman's dad basically says he is not going to be paying for something if the if the school newspaper won't cover legitimate sports and instead like does this hippy dippy bullshit surf nonsense and so john piper has to go cover the tennis tournament instead which of course bruce patman is playing in tennis star bruce patman um sorry that's some some housework for you guys i don't know if you know about bruce patman he doesn't factor into this book very much
2: Oh, but he does. There's a there's a funny scene with Bruce Patman. Oh, if, if we well can Bruce back Patman a is a
0: boy, bit. so we can talk about him in this section too.
2: Okay, if we can back up a little bit. Oh yeah. This is, this Please. Is back on page fifty five. There's not I'm much to say about, about Bill this. Chase
0: and Sonny Callahan, except that it seems like Bill is uh embarrassed that he thinks he's going to lose the surf competition. He doesn't show up to school for a long time. And and Lila Fowler's flirting with Sonny. Everybody thinks Sonny's the new guy. But then at the very, very last minute, Bill shows up to the beach. He looks great. He's much more stylish and hot and sexy than Sonny Callahan on the waves. Sonny's stronger and faster, but Bill's got more panache.
2: And Bill is riding Todd's surfboard.
0: Bill's riding Todd's old surfboard that Todd sold to him. It's an O'Neill, we learn. Interesting. And I don't know, I thought it was interesting to drop the brand name in there, and Todd has uh used that money to help him buy a motorcycle, which'll factor into the next book and the one after that. Um, but yes, so Bill wins, and then he's hot shit again. And the whole reason that he was missing school was because he was practicing. he was ditching school to practice, not he wasn't hiding his face, he wasn't in hiding. he was practicing
2: and the the name of the surf competition is the Chase which is won by Bill Chase. And so Elizabeth's headline in the Oracle for the outcome of this competition is Chase is won. O-N-E. O-N-E. Bill Chase.
0: And she's very proud of it. And everybody tells her how clever it is. So, because it's called the, it is called the Chase. The the race is called the Chase. Or the surfing competition is called the Chase. Mm
2: -hmm. Anyway, uh, so back around page 55. Uh this and this is the first time that Todd sees Elizabeth as Jessica. Uh Todd is talking to uh Bill Chase at this point in time and we find out later this was Todd selling his surfboard to right. uh to Bill. Um so what's happened right before this is Elizabeth Acting as Jessica draws Bruce Patman's attention, and Bruce asks her out. And as as Jessica Elizabeth uh, turns him down, but Todd sees this happen, and so uh, Todd ends his conversation with Bill Chase, starts talking to Liz once he recognizes her, and uh, so as he says bye to Bill. He turns to Elizabeth and says, one of these days I'm going to annihilate that creep. And Elizabeth is so distracted, she says, who, Bill? As if Todd is just <laughs> chatting with Bill, says bye to him, and is like, I'm going to annihilate that guy. Yeah.
0: Elizabeth doesn't realize that Todd thinks Bruce is
2: flirting with Elizabeth. Knowing that it's Elizabeth. Yeah.
0: Elizabeth knows that Bruce thought she was Jessica. Like, Elizabeth is very aware of the fact that she looks like Jessica, and people are going to think she's Jessica. So she takes a lot of pleasure in turning Bruce down, but also she knows that that's what Jessica would say to Bruce, too. I mean, they just... Bruce and Jessica were just dating and had a terrible breakup, like, two books ago, so...
1: I mean, I'm a little disappointed with Elizabeth that she didn't screw with Jessica and say yes to Bruce Patman. I feel like that could have been a really fun plot twist.
0: That could have been a fun fun plot twist, but nobody wants anybody that they love dating Bruce Batman, okay. even if it's just to uh be a jerk.
2: So Elizabeth's distracted response is is pretty funny there. But then once she realizes what Todd is saying, she says, Oh, don't worry, he wasn't asking me out, he was asking Jessica.
0: Yeah. And then all is forgiven. <laughs> So, did you have any favorite boys in this
1: book, Jess? Did I? (laughs) I didn't like any of them. No? I mean, so they were all described as being, like, sexy and cool, but they all had, I think they all have big flaws.
0: Ken Matthews is described as looking like a Ken doll, to the point that somebody refers to him as Ken doll. Hey, Ken doll.
2: What about George, Enid's boyfriend?
0: his Enid, boyfriend, George Warren. Do we actually see him? I mean, we I, see him
2: at the surf competition. There's
0: a, the surf competition okay. scene is so weird. They're having this weird jokey banter that like, mm-hmm. none of it is really funny. And also they're all being kind of mean to each other.
1: Like, I, I don't like how Todd sweeps all of his relationship problems under a big rug and just it, pretends like they're not there. I mean, Bill Chase, you know, hot surfer dude, uh, skips school. I'm not yeah, but if he that. didn't
0: skip school, then he wouldn't have won the surfing competition. But he
1: may have because he had that fancy new surfboard.
0: Yeah, but he wouldn't have known how to ride it because every <laughs> surfboard is different, I think.
1: I'm not a surfer. <laughs> I don't know these I
0: things. am not either, but the book would have us believe. I have a feeling the book's author is also not a surfer.
2: Well, the the only, the only other males mentioned are uh, Dink Halsteed.
0: I don't even remember that. He's
2: one of the people surfing, and oh. he wipes out on some rocks, and there's some blood oh, on his cheek. Sure.
0: Oh yeah, he gets the bloody cheek.
2: Yeah. Dink.
0: The Never to be heard from again. He
1: does not sound like an attractive Sweet Valley High.
0: No. Well, student. I know a man to ask her is about. Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins. Is he the head
2: of the Oracle? Is
0: the yes? He's an English teacher, and he's okay. a newspaper editor. Do you remember anything about Mr. Collins? Yeah,
2: he has strawberry blonde hair.
0: this is an example in this book of mr collins being described as he's so kind and he's such a good teacher and he's so handsome like it's no wonder he's everybody's favorite teacher Oh, that actually reminds me that, um, in the bonus episode for Playing with Fire, also with Caitlin, this is my second uh, kind of retraction of the episode. I said that I, she was wondering if there was ever a hot for teacher book is, I think, the phrase that she used. And I was like, no, no, I don't think so. But I, I did some investigation and I had forgotten that in a, one of the special editions, it's called Special Christmas. It's a Christmas book. A character named Suzanne Devlin, who, um, readers may remember is like a bit girl from new york city that shows up in sweet valley she tries to get uh mr collins to like flirt with her and then like makes up a story about how he took advantage of her and i had read that book but i'd forgotten that that happened um but mr collins is a good man he does not engage in inappropriate student behavior
2: uh, we also have Gary Wallace who finishes third in the surf competition. I don't know if we've ever heard of him before.
0: Gary Wallace. It sounds like a like a Republican running for governor or something, right?
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna vote for him.
0: No. <laughs> Dean <Dink> Calstad <laughs> has my vote. <laughs> Is he a Republican or is he I a Libertarian? Gary <laughs> Wallace. Definitely a Libertarian kind there of a know. name, if I had to guess.
2: And then we have Winston Egbert.
0: Oh, of course. Winston Egbert, who is only described in this book. He's actually a main character in the series, or, like, one of the big secondary players. And he is just described as being kind of a klutz uh, while they're all snacking around the campfire. Um
2: He also gives Bill the crown of seaweed for winning the surf competition. Indeed, indeed. But yeah, the campfire that happens after the surf competition is where more eating goes on. And
1: drinking. They're drinking beer.
2: Drinking beer, stuffing their faces with marshmallows.
1: Yes. Elizabeth
0: licks her marshmallow stick. (laughs) (laughs) she like she licks the last bit of like golden sticky liquid off of her marshmallow stick
2: if i eat one more marshmallow i'm going to turn into one myself she joked snuggling against todd as she licked the last of the sticky golden brown sweet from her stick (laughs) from her stick or from was she trying to be
0: seductive I don't think so, but when you read it that way, but we actually hear explicitly how much she ate at this campfire. She ate two hot dogs, she had a whole bunch of root beer,
2: several root beers, basically a, a bag generous of helping of potato salad
0: and so many marshmallows that she never wants to eat a marshmallow again.
1: These books kind of feel like a gateway drug to romance novels, don't they?
0: Yes, especially the passages where um something romantic's happening around the fire um Elizabeth and Todd actually get a little bit um, hot and heavy. Handsy. And Elizabeth doesn't feel comfortable being too public with their uh, displays of affection, but they kiss a little bit around the fire, and then they talk about how they're going to have a picnic and go off and be alone. And the descriptions of men and the descriptions of the way that the girls are feeling is, those are the things that are kind of like romance novel light. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask you guys an important question, and that is, are you an Elizabeth or a Jessica? Now, I know that you, Jessica, are in fact literally a Jessica, but we're going to put that aside. I thought that maybe it would be fun if you two could tell me what the other person is. Sure.
2: I, I can go first. I would say Jess is an Elizabeth because... I've seen plenty of instances of her trying to fix things for other people. <laughs> <laughs> they usually go better than how Elizabeth's attempts at fixing things go.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, Jess, what do you think about Brian here?
1: I would never insult anyone by saying that I think that they're a Jessica. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Any, Jessica I, does I, I would not never, come across well in this book. I should say I would never insult anyone I care for. By calling them a Jessica. If you were trying to insult
0: them, it would be an effective insult based on Jessica's behavior in this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, But I feel like Elizabeth's got some real kind of creative problem solving. She thinks on her feet in the moment. And like that element of her, I definitely see a lot in Brian. And so I would have to say that Brian is way more an Elizabeth.
2: The... If, if I were to pick out a Jessica quality about myself, it would be the, um, you know, figuring out how to uh, work her way into and out of trouble, sort of in the manner a Slytherin might. <laughs>
0: sure, sure.
2: Uh, as a Slytherin myself. Yes. I can identify with that.
0: Both Reese's famously uh, of the Slytherin house.
1: Proud Slytherins.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: let's not talk too much about that or okay. we
1: yeah, you know. this isn't a Harry Potter podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a well-documented Gryffindor and therefore you know I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> um, despite my Gryffindor status, you may be surprised to learn that a great number of my friends uh, identify as Slytherins. Like almost all of my friends that identify as anything, identify as Slytherins when I find out. So this alls maybe this is more Elizabeth quality of me that I'm somehow like attracted to <laughs> people that are manipulative. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Will Todd's motorcycle drive them apart? Find out in Sweet Valley High number six Dangerous Love.
0: Isn't it weird how the teaser here doesn't say Elizabeth's name? It's got like a bad pronoun usage. Mm-hmm. Drive them apart. Drive them apart, yeah.
2: Well, to- will Todd's motorcycle single? drive Todd and his motorcycle apart? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining me today, Jess and Brian. I also want to thank Jocelyn Schofield for the use of her song, Beautiful Boys. And I also want to thank Don Flaxbart, Mary-Kate Battles, and Lauren Shippen. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at sweetvalleydiaries at me.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries or on Twitter at Sweet Valley. Will you read that part about the stick again? (laughs) No, 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 no. I like that part, though.